I just got one of your peppers. You just got what? One of your peppers. In your food? Yeah. Does that not normally have peppers? Nope. They must have mixed them up. Yep. And you probably got some of my spicy. It was really irritating because when I got there, I was like, how long is the wait going to be? He's like, probably like 30 minutes. I was like, well, it's like 2.18, and I put pick up at 2.30. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, whatever. And then I'm like sitting there watching them make a ton of – someone had an order with like 20 entrees. So I was like, gosh, dang it, this is super frustrating. And then the manager walks over and says, hey, everybody gets brown rice. We have no more white rice. Our machine broke. I'm like, gosh, <laughs> dang it, my fried rice. What am I going to do? So I think this fried rice, it looks like brown. But what's most irritating is they didn't even say anything to me. Like even like let me know. As like a courtesy. Mm. Hey, just so you know, we're out of white rice. And then I'm sitting there after they do a little white the white rice debacle. And yeah. I hear the lady go, Hey, do we have a sesame chicken and a kung pao coming? And the kitchen goes, No, we don't have any receipts for that. And I'm sitting there like that's my order. That <laughs> 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 they don't have receipts for. And uh yeah, super frustrating. And now my food's spicy, because they must have mixed it up without whatever. Dang. That's up. we get for using a coupon. <laughs> Stupid coupons. Payway always pumps out those coupons, but then uh, they're always, like, jam-packed and can never get your food out on time. Dude, there was a ton of people in there using the coupons and then just going and sitting down in the restaurant. Like, getting it to go online mm. and just going and sitting down there. For those wondering, we're eating right now. Yes. Instead of opening, talking about fast food, we're just going to do the whole thing, eating. <laughs> eating food. Well, it's not fast food, though. It's uh, fast cash. Yeah, payway. I think that's what it's called. Fast casual. This brown rice is throwing me off a little bit. I always get brown rice. I'm not a fan. Brown rice with Kung Pao. Makes me feel like I'm eating healthy. (laughs) I I eat the carrots, the brown rice. I don't think that's how it works. (laughs) It's a good source of whole grains. It just doesn't taste as, like, starchy as, like, a white rice. Or, like, sticky. Almost like a, I don't know. Yeah, it's not really a sticky rice. No. I guess the fried rice, though, you can't really tell the difference that it's brown or white. But If people have problem listening to people eat, they're going to hate this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can always tell when people are eating. Mm-hmm. Do you know what actor eats a lot while he's uh, acting? Is it someone I know? Oh, yeah. Can you give me a hint? Uh, he... Um, I'm trying to give it a hint without not without giving away. He's in o- he's in Ocean's Eleven. He eats a lot. In George Ocean's Clooney. 11. No, not George Clooney. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Oh, I, I in like can a, see in that like now. every single scene in Ocean's Eleven, he's eating something. Like yeah, the the one that stuck out right away is when he's picking up George Clooney from prison and he's like eating a cheeseburger mm-hmm. sitting up against the car. Mm-hmm. Man, I never thought about that. Man, Brad Pitt. He hasn't been around. I haven't seen him in any movies lately. Mm, I feel like the last movie I saw him in might have been Fury. Oh, I never saw it. It was good. It was really good. That's about the tanks? Mm-hmm. It was intense. You remember the, the movie he was in? It was called, I don't want to say this wrong, but The Mexican? Was that what it's called? Where he's, like, in Mexico with, like, the, a pistol? The, the, the Mexican's the gun. Right. Yeah, but but is that the name of the the show as well? The movie, I think so. I like that movie. I don't think I've seen it. Hmm. (laughs) Maybe we should both watch the ones we haven't seen and then. No, don't get offended, person listening to us eat. (laughs) This is a really long intro. (laughs) (laughs) It is a long, cold intro. 
or cold open. Have you seen Inglorious Bastards? I have. Yeah, a long time ago. Phenomenal movie. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. But I haven't seen it. I think he's so good in it. Have you watched it more than like once? Oh yeah, yeah. I saw it opening weekend in theaters. I think I saw it a second time in theaters, and then I own it. I think I've only seen it like one once, maybe twice. It's one of my favorite movies. I keep dropping my rice all over the place trying to eat with these chopsticks and talking to the stand at the same time. Yeah. I'm trying to avoid spitting rice into the microphone. Welcome back to the Two Justins Podcast, a show where co-workers and friends Justin and Justin discuss Seinfeld, soccer, and three random topics each and every week. How you doing, Justin? I'm great, man. I'm really great. Yeah, we're back at it. Um, man. No follow-up today, I don't think. You put in their follow-up, but I don't think there is any. Seth said he wanted to make up topics for us. And I said, sweet, send me over some random topics, but then he didn't. Does he not like our topics? No, he, we just invited people to send random topics. And he said, oh, that sounds fun. I want to do that. We didn't get any. No, zero. Come on, people. Well, let's move on to uh, three random topics, if that's all we got. Three random topics that nobody sent anything in on. (laughs) (laughs) For this random topic this week, uh, the first one uh, is going to be... I just clicked uh, random topics, and I'm refreshing it. Oh, man. these Are they hard? I don't know. It's so here. Here are the topics: ostriches, death, <laughs> postcards. <laughs> How'd you? Is that like a randomizer? Yeah, hold on, I'm going random again. So this survey is where usually we uh, come with topics pre-planned, and we both have no topics that we thought of beforehand. How about tattoos? Well, that's not bad. Yeah, that's a good one. We both have one. Yeah. Well, you have more than one. Yes. You only have one? Yep, I only have one. Okay. I wanted to get one in Vancouver. Like you and Katie together? Uh, yeah, or just like a commemorative like tattoo. Like, like hey, <laughs> best breweries in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Did they even make the last show or was that part of the, the podcast that wasn't even recorded? It, I don't think I made it, but I wish I would have. <laughs> Tattoos. I'm all for them, obviously. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think... I, don't know, I was talking to somebody recently about tattoos, and he hadn't thought out like what he wanted, so he's just gonna get something random. I don't know about that. I once had an idea that I would tempt our student ministry if they could get over two hundred people. The person who brought the most friends could tattoo their name, or I would get their name tattooed somewhere on my body. <laughs> Which sounds like an awful idea now, looking back. <laughs> not like anywhere on my body, but like on a part that could be hidden, like my calf. Yeah. No, maybe not my calf. My maybe. thigh, or like my shoulder. Yeah. Something, or like my somewhere on my back. On your butt. <laughs> Nard dog. That'd be, be Nard dog. <laughs> oh, that's such a good episode. Man, so great. <laughs> yeah, I think tattoos are awesome. I really like traditional tattoos. Mm-hmm. Or like a mix of like traditional and a little more newer. Um, I used to really only like, like grayscale tattoos too. Like white, black, and gray. Mm-hmm which is what I had before on my half sleeve, and then I had someone cover with color, and I think I like color a lot better now. Yeah, the, the cover-up looks It just looks, looks way really better good. than... Do you remember what it was before? Like, do you even remember? Yeah, all the clouds. Like? Yeah. I can still kind of see some of the, yeah, some I, of the shape, knowing what I'm looking for. <clears throat> even now, you can see the cross kind of through the roses mm-hmm. a little bit, but it just looks more like it, it's more, it just stands out. 
it's a little more like bold and vibrant than where yep. like the other one. I have, I have hairy arms, obviously, mm-hmm. and the color you can see bet way better through like the hair. To where if I didn't have the color, it's just kind of hard to make out sometimes what, totally. what it looks like. So I'm all about it. I have, I guess that's it, just these two. I really want to get, I would love to have two full sleeves. I used to only want one, but I think I'd really like two now. Would you cover up the other tattoo on your other forearm? No, I'd keep it. It's so thin. Yeah. I don't know what I'd do around it. I'd have to do, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but I think it'd be I think it'd be cool to have two full sleeves. I like how clean it looks and and how straight the line is for how thin it is. Yeah, can you? So when he was doing it, he freehanded it. Man, didn't even trace. And I was like, man, you're gonna draw a straight line like that? He just did it. I need to get it filled in a little bit. It's trying to fade like a little bit in some of the spots. But yeah, it's like perfectly symmetrical on my forearm. Nice. It was a good job. How about you? Um, well, I was gonna say just for for being able to kind of visualize it do you want to kind of explain what we're talking about on both of you on both of your arms so on one of my arms i have which we were just talking about i have an anchor that is really thin it's not like a a traditional thick anchor i don't know how to explain it it's just a really thin and my wife we got them at the same time before we were married uh our first trip to california with my family we both got them she paid for it so that's really nice. Nice. <laughs> but she got an anchor, too, that's way smaller on her wrist. Uh, but then we both got them um, as a reference to Hebrews 619. Uh, hope we have is an anchor for the soul. Sure and steadfast. And then my other arm, my left arm, I have a full half sleeve, a lower half. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? A, lower, a, lower, a yep. lower sleeve, I guess? Elbow to wrist. Elbow to wrist. Um, and it used to be all black, white, and gray scale and I had a cross on it that has a Hebrew lettering through the middle um, that says Adonai Rui, which means the Lord is my shepherd. And then um, that's what it used to be. And I had it covered uh, recently by a friend um, and just did more traditional than what it was. It, it was more just like two-dimensional, the one I had. This one's a little more three-dimensional. It's very portrait. Yeah, very portrait looking. This is just more it traditional. Had the, the door on it, right? Um, was that no? It had like a sunflower in the middle. Oh, okay. And then the cross had the wording, and it had like mm-hmm. another little cross on there. And then the sunflower roots went down through like my wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice. I liked it. It just wasn't. I did it in someone's apartment for really cheap. Just <laughs> probably not like the best quality. But now this one just has roses with the cross still, like a stone cross, and it has the same what Hebrew lettering. And on the back side of my arm, I have now the back side of my arm has the altar, which might oh, yeah, might have yeah. been what you're thinking of. Yep. Just has a temple, basically has a temple with a torn curtain with uh, Calvary behind it. Yeah, I also have Genesis 22.3 tattooed on my wrist. So Abraham rose early in the morning. It's mm. one of my favorite verses. And then I also have Isaiah 53.5, like right above my, like right on my bicep. But yeah. Nice. Yeah, I really like tattoos. They weren't so expensive. So expensive. So for me, I have uh, one tattoo. So the location of my tattoo is on my thigh and how high up it's like right above the knee it's like like mid thigh yeah like mid thigh like if you're wearing your boxers can you see it yeah okay. uh wearing like soccer shorts you can see you can, it. You can see see okay. it poking out the bottom yeah yeah the, the uh i think i chose that location mainly so that my grandmother wouldn't <laughs> see it uh, mainly to hide it from her yeah 
but also just to be able to cover it up easily if I wanted to. Uh, I think now I would be less concerned about that. Why were you so concerned in the first place? Um, like post, you mean like pre-work? Like you got it in college? Yeah, I, I got it my senior year of college. Uh, I think I think just, I don't know, not knowing the perception of tattoos. Like I've always liked tattoos, yeah. but not really knowing out in the world how they're perceived. And uh, I would I would say now, you know, for our generation, it's just oh, yeah. super normal. Like, nobody cares. But at the time. So, and that, that that's the only one I have. I think it was 150 bucks. The, the lettering is very good. There's one spot that could use a little bit of a touch-up. Kind of faded a little uh, bit. Yeah, it got, it got a pimple. <laughs> during the healing process and uh, when it when it popped it lost a lot of the color a lot of the ink man yeah um so that, that one spot Probably you could you tell shaved that spot yeah and it was growing back so uh yeah yeah other than that like the healing was fine it didn't really hurt you know um yeah. it only hurt when it got towards the inner part of the thigh uh it says doulos which is greek and it's the words uh, that Paul uses to refer to himself when he's writing in the epistles. Uh-huh. Uh, he says, you know, I, Paul, doulos of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like doulos Christu. I don't know. I wasn't good enough. I was going to get like, like, and it, it, the, the word is basically slave or servant, depending on how nicely they want to translate it. But I think it's probably more accurately described as slave. Yeah. Of Christ, and I wanted to have that whole phrase, but I was not confident enough in my Greek to know how to parse the uh, the noun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's like "dulo Christos," <laughs> I don't know. but yeah, I, I uh, only one year of Greek and uh, didn't want to try to test it with the permanent <laughs> word on me, a phrase on my body. <clears throat> Have you ever had anybody look at your tattoo and like <clears throat> start to almost, well, maybe for you, it's Greek. So the reason I'm asking this question is because I have a Hebrew tattoo and like, obviously I know what it means and how to say it and how to write it and spell it. Like mm-hmm. if I were to write it out, but I had somebody who was a, a theology major, really smart, just kind of start like, man, why, why'd you get that? And I told him. He's okay, like, where from in the Bible? This starts, like, grilling me with all these questions. Like, almost, like, why'd you put that in your arm? Like, do you have any idea what that is? Mm-hmm. That ever happened to you? Has anybody ever... Uh... Um, no. Um, for me, like, for me, the main thing is not whether or not I feel... And both of us have master's degrees. Yeah. Both our bachelor and master's are, like in ministry degrees. Mm-hmm. So like, I think we can feel like we're qualified enough to at least research the, yeah. the, the answers. Yeah. But for me, it was more of serving as a reminder for myself, you know? And I think, uh, in that context, anybody that comes up with that type of mindset to grill you and test you of whether or not you have the adequate knowledge to place this permanently on your body is missing the entire point. Yeah. Uh, so, just a, just a thought there there yeah. like I've never had anybody do it and because it's probably because it's not very visible. Yeah. I'd like to have more. Yeah. Um, so you'd like to do your whole leg, whole leg, uh, or your whole thigh? Yeah, I'd like to. I'd, I'd like to do my my whole thigh. 
probably keeping the wording there and incorporating it, but yeah. I'm not necessarily married to that. A little, little Liverpool tattoo right there? I, I would love a Liverpool tattoo, maybe on my other thigh, maybe on my chest. I don't know. Like just the crest? <clears throat> yeah, or, or uh, YNWA, you'll never walk alone. I've always liked That's the good. idea of getting like a Chelsea tattoo somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Just the crest, just a little circle. W- would your would Mercedes like that? Would she? Uh, I don't think she even cares. You don't think she cares? No. When I told her, I, think I don't I, think Katie would, would like yeah. me getting a Liverpool tattoo. She wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe if it was like somewhere noticeable. I've always liked the idea of getting a tattoo behind like my ear, like on my neck, kind of. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could do it. I don't know what. Mm-hmm. I just like the way it looks sometimes, and maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I wouldn't be able to pull it off, and then I'd be screwed. But <laughs> I feel like I could be okay. You'd be stuck wearing turtlenecks. <laughs> all the time. Uh, all right. You ready for the next random I topic? I am. I have really strong strong opinions about this next thing. It's a person. Wait, what, what's next? It's a person. I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, you have the topic? I have the topic. Oh, okay. I looked one up. Well, I was looking up things and it just came up, but Batman as a superhero. Um. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think in some ways Batman is my favorite. Oh, I wasn't expecting you to say that. And I'll just say, in the context of the DC universe, I don't care for Batman. Mm-hmm. But uh, in its, like, in an isolated realm where there's basically no magic powers and there's only Batman against <clears throat> all of the bad guys, I like that. I like the Batman trilogy. Yes. Or the newest, the newest one. Yeah. Um, but in a world where. Superman exists, I feel like that makes Batman out to be more of a a curmudgeonly old <laughs> rich guy that should probably be using his money for other things to help the community and let Superman just solve the crime problems. Yeah. Okay. Um, but in the absence of Superman, uh, in the absence of the greater DC universe, I don't feel like there's a huge difference between Batman and Iron Man. They're kind of the counterpart of one another, except I feel like uh, Batman's motivations are from loss and Tony Stark's less so. So I feel like the motivations are actually stronger. Uh, and And I think that's why he... Like, I feel like Batman's a weaker human, uh, which I appreciate, which I, I, I like the fact that as a character, we experience his flaws uh, as a reflection of our own, where I feel like Tony Stark becomes more of a... He's never somebody that we fully can relate to. He's no. super rich, and then he he gets captured by terrorists and then decides to be a superhero to save mainly to save his own life mm-hmm. to keep the things from going into his heart with the powerful magnet. Yeah. Uh, so mainly to save his own life, but then in the process also becomes a superhero to be very altruistic. Like, I feel like the, the flaws of Batman are more relatable, like maybe not going about solving the problems in the best way, but going about solving problems in a way that makes you feel good is always a temptation. And I think what I love about the 
Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy is that ultimately he realizes that it, he finally realizes that actual change can't come from his actions, that it ultimately has to be other people. You know, you can let Batman be this symbol of how to live, but it has to be everybody agreeing how to live and, and living and holding up those standards Mm -hmm. that, that actually brings about the change that he wants to see. And so I feel like you get a nice arc, especially over those three movies of somebody that is like struggling to fix the flaws in society in a way that isn't actually as productive as he hopes. And then ultimately figuring out that he hasn't been going about it the right way, you know, and has to rely on others to fix the problems because he's not in a position of power like he thought he was. That was a great answer. <laughs> that was great. Can you tell I've thought about that a like, little man, bit? I was not expecting you, number one, to say you like Batman. <clears throat> I think I agree with you, though, in the fact that if it's a, a singular universe where it's just Batman by himself, yep. he's more of a likable superhero. But as soon as you introduce him into yeah, like, a world with the Green Lantern and all yeah. of these guys with basically magic powers. Even even the movie of Batman versus Superman, or Superman versus Batman. That, like, doesn't, for me, that's, like. I haven't even seen it. I had a, I'm a, I'm a Superman. Superman's probably one of my favorites. Um, I this know is it's a different. Seinfeld podcast. That's true. I know it's different universes, but, yeah, Batman's by himself. He's really relatable. He's like someone where you look at and you're like, man, if like it, it almost seems like, yeah, you could do that if you had money and build those things. And Iron Man, I don't think as, as relatable as a Batman would be in a singular universe by itself. Well, and it's kind of allegorical. It, like Iron Man isn't as allegorical, I feel like, as Batman, where Iron Man, he uses his tremendous fortune and wealth, and that does solve the problems. <laughs> but Batman through trying to use his tremendous fortune and wealth, realizes that that can't solve the problem. Yeah. He can't ultimately, the problem he, the ultimate problem that he's trying to solve is that the city is broken and it took his parents away from him. And no matter how much power or money he has, he like ultimately realizes that, uh, that it, those aren't, the tools that are going to allow him to solve these problems. Mm-hmm. It's the wrong set of tools for, for the problems. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easy to see ourselves reflected in that. <clears throat> the problems that we see around the world, not to get overtly political, but uh, I think just the legislation of morality never works. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you need people to want to be better, um, whether or not, any particular thing is legal or illegal or made to be a certain way isn't going to have actual bearing on whether or not people live life in the desired outcome. You know, it needs there. That's the wrong tool for the, the, mm-hmm. the desired solution. I had an argument recently with somebody about Superman <clears throat> and how it's, even though Superman is who he is, I'm sorry, I know we're, we're talking about Batman, but I'm going to bring up Superman as well. Do you think uh, he has super humor? <laughs> That's coming up in a minute. I brought up the idea of the Batman super ha- Superman movie <clears throat> and that in reality, if that was a real scenario, Batman doesn't stand a chance against Superman. Yeah, totally. Not even close. 
even if you make all these tools and whatever, because it's Superman. Like, you can't, there's no way. And the person I was arguing with, <clears throat> a friendly argue, uh, was, was trying to prove to me that Superman, the way they present him in movies, could never actually do that, even if he was a superhuman like that. For instance, grabbing a train car, a train, mm-hmm. by the front of it and lifting it up. Physics would not allow somebody to do that. And my argument was, well, he's not a real human, number one. Uh, he's Physics apply to people like you and I, who are normal. The yellow sun of the <laughs> earth has given him superhuman abilities. <laughs> That's the whole point yeah. of this. So it's just really interesting. He, I, we talked about it for a long time, and he he just doesn't like Superman because he doesn't think it's realistic. I'm like, well, number one, you're talking about superheroes anyways. Like, none of this is realistic. <laughs> Why does it matter? And uh, he just couldn't get by. Like, I cannot get by him picking up a train from the front of it. Like, leverage would not allow him to pick up a train. But I said, there is no leverage. He's Superman. He just picks it up. Right. He There's, doesn't have to he think about it. He doesn't think about it. And <clears throat> it's not like he's working extremely hard to lift it. He just, I mean, he might have to work for it, but he can lift it. He's Superman. Right. He can alter the spin of the earth. Right. If you go back to old Superman's. <laughs> you can do whatever he wants. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So, anyways. That's all I have. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Topic number three isn't a random topic. This is a pre-planned topic. Yeah. And that is uh, productivity. Yeah, daily planning, journaling, everything that goes into that. So for me, I've always, like, I like the idea of having daily routines, like a morning routine, wake up, do X, and then go about the day evening routine at the end of the day do why mm-hmm. i love the idea of all of this and in practice i feel like i just cannot make it happen yeah i've got so i've got a planner right now it's called panda planner and i find it really easy on like monday and tuesday and wednesday to fill out fill it out at the beginning of the day i never remember to do it at the end of the day like kind of at the end of the day, filling out like, hey, this is like a review of what did I do, what yep. didn't I get done, and it's one that breaks it down in into days, weeks, and months. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a a full year planner. Yeah, or it might be a six month okay. chunk. I just feel like it's really difficult for me to figure out a way to trick my brain into doing it. Yeah, uh, consistently, and I think part of it is the variedness of my schedule. I usually sleep without an alarm on Monday. Tuesday, I usually wake up around 8 and get to work before 9. Wednesday, the same. Thursday, I usually sleep without an alarm again because I can. Friday, I usually sleep without an alarm. Saturday, I usually sleep without an alarm. Sunday, I wake up at like 6.30. So it's pretty irregular. Yeah, so I feel like there's just huge varying differences of what each morning is and it makes it really hard I feel like to create a morning routine and I don't necessarily want to just wake up at like six every day so that I'm always awake at six because I also really like staying up I really like that night time Mm -hmm. I like being able to sit down or lay down in bed and read my book and like if what happens on like what happened on uh, Friday uh, I end up accidentally reading for like an hour and a half, and that's okay because I'm just going to sleep in tomorrow anyway. Yeah. 
Does Katie stay up late? <clears throat> or is she like... She usually goes early? to bed around midnight. What time do you usually go to bed? Um, usually between midnight and one is when I'll... Every night. When I'll lay, get down and lay in bed. Even if you have to get up at eight. Last night, I got into bed at like noon or midnight. And, and, got up at and woke up at 6.30, yeah. And I used to be like that. So... I don't know. Yeah, maybe kids one day will change it, but I feel like that is the biggest thing blocking my planning. And then I feel like the other biggest thing is I feel like my planning gets divided in my head between uh, like personal goals and uh, hobbies and things that I want to accomplish and work. And I, I feel like on Tuesday, it's mainly work stuff. And then on, you know, Monday, it's not work stuff at all and i feel like it's it's hard to mode shift in it Mm -hmm. to shift between work stuff and what i want to accomplish with uh our podcasts you know yeah and to keep those all in the same place feels like it doesn't quite work but then if the structure of the planner is that it happens every day you know so maybe that maybe that's part of the problem maybe i need to not use a planner. Maybe I need a, an empty notebook. But you just bought that planner. I know. That's super nice. It is nice. It's got, I like this. It's got mm. a soft, like, soft leather co- cover. Mm-hmm. It's big. Yeah. Yeah, I could foresee that being hard. I'm a little bit different as far as, like, my schedule, so I don't really know. I'm pretty similar every single day as far as when I wake up. I don't, I currently don't plan at all. I'm working on it with my, uh, I just bought a focus planner, which is similar to a panda, <clears throat> similar to a panda planner, really in depth with like a morning ritual, an evening ritual, a, a workday startup, an end of workday shutdown, marks everything out in 30 minute increments, three big challenges for the day, other things you need to do that day, but it's only a three month planner. It's not a, it's not a six month planner. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like for me, because my days are so regular, it'll make it a little easier than probably where, where you're at. Yeah. I mean, I don't get to, I don't have, like I start every day at the same time. I don't. Right. For you, we're on like Thursdays, you're not here until 12 o'clock or whatever. Right. I almost feel like, I think what I'm going to do when I'm back into work normally, like my normal routine after we have our baby and stuff, I think I'm going to every morning just say like, hey, when I wake up from 8 to 8.30, it's solely like planning my day. Is that when you wake up? Sorry, not when I wake up. When I get to work. Oh, okay. So I'll I'll have my morning routine and evening routine. That's the normal thing. Every single day is the same exact thing. But then the actual <clears throat> planning eight to eight thirty every single day. At least Monday. I mean, that's hard too. Um, at least the work days of the week. Eight to eight thirty is like planning yeah. the day. Um, and then Friday, well, yeah, Saturday and Sunday are work days too. I don't know. That's going to be tough. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's hard because the weekend work days are so different too. You know, we're both here between 15 and 20 hours every weekend. Uh, and it's saying it's the same thing over and over on the weekends, but you know, it's, it's a completely, it's a shift completely away from the rest of the week's work where the rest of the week <clears throat> lends itself very well to setting out what am I going to do today? Mm-hmm. What are the goals for today? What are, where on the weekend I feel like it's so variable. It can what, go any which way. Yeah. You know, I have a volunteer call out and I might be stage managing 
the whole weekend. Is that what happened this weekend? No, not oh, okay. this weekend, but uh, I stayed managed a few weekends ago. And, you know, if, if that happens, that's what happens. And, and whatever it, plan I had in place, obviously, probably wouldn't work anymore. Or you wouldn't work anymore. Yeah, and that. so then do you grade yourself poorly on your ability to, you know, it, so that, that becomes very <clears throat> difficult for me to figure out how to accurately put this in the plan. Mm-hmm. or, or in, And it doesn't feel like it's as helpful on those days to put it in the planner. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think I feel like when I feel like something's not helpful, it makes me just not want to do it. Yeah. You know? So like putting it in the planner, knowing that like the planner could say do church services and it could be just a check mark box. And then at the end of the weekend, I could just check services happened. That was the goal for the week, you know? Yeah. Does a panda planner force you to, to do it every day? So like when you bought it, if it's a six month planner, is it marked by like this is a 2018? No, it's whatever. blank. So it's you fill it in. Yeah, you can fill it in. So every day you put the date at the top. So there's enough days for six months. There's enough weeks for six months, and and it calculates it in a seven day week, a twelve month calendar. Okay. Yeah. It'd be cool if you could somehow in your planning. Dir- the focus planner I bought is the same, where there's not like a date written in. Yeah. You just fill it in at the top. And my, I was just thinking through this as we were talking, it'd be, it'd be nice to be able to like, let's say like, I only want to plan on Monday through Friday and that's it. Yeah. So I don't have to fill in a Saturday and Sunday because I know Saturday and Sundays are so flexible and variable that I have no way of really, but then I don't know if that would mess up the planner on the back end of like, oh, your weeks were not like complete, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like you'll probably too. be done with your weeks, but then still have like some extra pages, a bunch there. of pages of empty days. Yeah, which would be kind of unfortunate. Yeah, that I, I feel I'd like be that super would frustrate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and maybe the solution is I just go back to having a dedicated. I say go back to, but I just purchase a new, like moleskin, blank moleskin, and say. This is what I fill out for weekends. This is what I fill out for days I'm not working. Uh, and then this is what I fill out for work. So maybe the the bullet journal for work mm-hmm. uh, is structured differently because, like, the schedule portion is much more important for work to know what big blocks of time are being taken up in my schedule on a Tuesday, <clears throat> on a Wednesday, yeah. when I'm going to have time to do the big tasks of the week, where on Monday, where I might be editing podcasts and stuff, like there's a lot more fluidity yeah. of when I need to do stuff and when I can choose to, I don't know, go to yeah. the grocery store. You know, nothing is nothing is blocked out for mm-hmm. a specific time. And... You know, like this Monday, I'm going to end up taking uh, my parents' dog to get her foot. Like, she has her foot in a cast right now and just, like, get that. Taken off? Maybe. I don't know. I don't even know. what I'm, <laughs> I'm taking her into the, the animal doctor. Yeah. And so, like, that's something I know that it's there, but it's in a different time slot than what would it, it it's in the slot of what I would normally use as my most productive time Ugh. on my day off. Yeah. So I know Which it's taking up. Which is what for you? When is your most productive time of any day? Uh, like, what do you think? Man, I feel like two to six, I can just crank. 
two to six. Like right after lunch. <clears throat> yeah. Through till dinner. Mm-hmm. I feel like early mornings, and may, maybe maybe this goes back to just being in high school, um, high school theater. Like that was when we did all of our theater stuff. So maybe I've trained my body over years and years mm-hmm. that that is where I use my peak energy because I would sleep through classes in high school, you yeah. know, first class algebra, like I'm going past this, I know. So I'm just going to sleep through it. And then, you know, you get out of school and that's when you're doing the stuff that you actually want to do. Yeah. And so I, I, I feel like that even now, like waking up, just waking up, like I can do some stuff, but it it's hard for me to really just dig in in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just feel I just feel tired. I feel <laughs> I feel like I need there, there's a, like things I need to do to get myself up. Even when level. you get to work, like you have a hard time in the mornings, like here at the office, or yeah, like in the auditorium. Yeah, it, it, I feel like I need to stack like a bunch of like little things, like like I find myself kind of keep you going, cl- like clearing through my email, creating tasks lists. Lists. I, I find it useful to prepare a lot in the mm-hmm. morning, uh, and then to start doing things on the task list. But like, I never call anybody before two. Yeah, me either. Any phone calls I need to do, that's happening in the afternoon because I need to like build up a reservoir of energy <laughs> that I can then tap into through the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like doing those tasks, especially tasks that I can listen to other podcasts while yeah. doing, I find that tremendously like energizing like it, it it feels like my brain starts switching on and starts thinking doing a bunch of little things like that doing a bunch of little things in in, in listening to something stimulating it feels yeah. it feels like it gets me thinking it gets the juices flowing i'm complete opposite <laughs> as far as like time energized time and I'm, if i really get going i can go well into the evening i so you could, yeah, you could two to like 10 o'clock whenever i'm doing like brainstorming for personal projects and stuff that's almost always in the evening. Researching things, evening. Yeah, that's sometimes wish I was like that. <laughs> I'm always in the morning. Like morning time is my energe- energetic time. So anything after lunch, I'm usually pretty tapped out of like anything. Until I get home and have dinner, hang out with my kids. After they go to bed, <clears throat> I like to read and do different things. But... The morning mm-hmm. time for me is when I'm basically what you said for your afternoons. I'm the same way. And then in the afternoon, I would much rather do like minuscule tasks, mm. like clean the student venue or reorganize something. Like, I don't know, just something where I'm not having to interact with people um, yep. or do anything that exerts a ton of energy or having to talk or whatever. I like the mornings a whole lot more. Do you journal? At all? No, no. Um, I have a few moleskins I've had for years that I'll write notes for, you know, specific things mm-hmm. in. But uh, no, for the most part, I've never. The most I, I've done is is a few different daily planning. I tried uh, like five minute journal. Yeah. Um, and I did that fairly frequently but it's the same thing like i found i found it myself doing it not very regularly yeah i uh last november i started doing a five-year journal Mm -hmm. sorry not last november it was probably march of 2017 
Okay. So quite a, like a, over a year ago. I did. A, I started doing a five-year journal. I'm sure you're probably familiar with what those look like. Yeah. Um, but they're really short entries. You basically just put it in what year it is, and then you fill it out. Mm-hmm. And then the next year when you come around, you put in the next year. But it's all split by dates still. So at the top of the page is the date, and then you have five sections. So essentially five years to, to kind of build up this journal. Yeah. My, my wife got it for me when I turned 27 last year, and um, it's been really cool to – I'm just now getting into – so what happened was I started it in March, and then when I got to, like, May, I, like, stopped doing it. Mm. So, like, three months, I, like, filled it out every day. And then June, July, all the way till November, I didn't fill out anything for 2017. Yeah, and then in November, <clears throat> I started doing a reading plan, a Bible reading plan with a friend, um, to keep ourselves accountable. And I was like, "Well, I'm gonna throw in the five the five year journal again because at least I'm doing something every day. I can just have it with it, and I'll do it after I read." Yep. So I've been I've done it every day since November. So coming up on November, I'll get to see finally like a, a double a double entry. Nice. I got to see it in March a little bit in April and May, but it was really cool. Um, like where I'm at now and I've gone ahead and like looked at November just cause I'm curious to see like, Hey, what was happening last November that I don't like remember? Yeah. Um, and it's been really neat to like use it as a, a tool to just see like, I don't know. I've always heard like people say like, Hey, you should write out your prayers or something, you know, mm-hmm. like you should write out rather than just praying, like maybe write them out, like journal them. And then going back and looking through your prayers is sometimes cool to do and see like maybe where God has worked in your life or, you know, whatever. So it's been really neat to go back and look at these journal entries. <clears throat> and when I had first started, I had assigned every day of the week something different to write about. Because they're such short entries, you can't really fit. Like, it's like four lines. So you can't really fit a ton. Um, so, like, Monday I would, hey, I want to I write about my wife. And then Tuesday I would write about Malachi and Wednesday Fenway. Mm-hmm. And Thursday, like, a, a, a work highlight. Like, what's something going on at work that's been really cool? And then Friday, you know, what is something that I, I need to work on personally in my life or something? Mm-hmm. And then same for Saturday and Sunday. Just have something different. And um, I haven't been doing that as much this year. But looking back at, like, last year's, um, just seeing, like, where my kids were. You know, like, where what were they doing developmentally? And what were they doing mm-hmm. with, like, their attitude? And I like reading about Fenway. Uh, last year, November, she was really challenging like the way she was sleeping and just mm-hmm. so many things and now she doesn't do that anymore so it's really cool like to look at that and be like man like in the moment back then it was like gosh this is awful like it's going to be forever since she's sleeping like this and now yeah. looking back it's only been like a year not even it's like man i was so frustrated back then for like nothing you know like it was just a season mm. so it's been a really good reminder the only problem with the five-year journal is i've noticed since i've been trying to do it every day if i miss a day it like drives me crazy so then I end up just filling in, like I'll journal two entries long instead of like just one. So like you'll go back and manufacture the day? Uh, no, I'll just go, okay. I'll go back. So like say I missed like two days and I'm on the third day. I'm like, crap, I didn't, I didn't journal for the past two days. I'll go back to that, that, that first day that I missed and I'll write an entry for three days long. That. Oh, okay. So you'll, like it will span, span into days. those three days just to okay. fill the, I don't want to have an empty spot. That's anymore. a good solution. That way, when I come back around, <clears throat> I'll know, oh, this spans to the next day. Like, yeah. It's not like it's just a, a cutoff statement or something, you know? When I was doing the five minute journal, I, I was running into that too. It's kind of structured like that, 
where the days the days of the week don't necessarily matter, but it drove me crazy to not have it in sequence. So whenever I'd miss, I'd go back and I'd try to remember and manufacture, and it's all preset things that you have to say, that you have to write. So I try to manufacture what I thought this would be two days ago. What was a good thing that happened two days ago? Uh, and <laughs> you just sit there and write it out, and that, and that began driving me crazy. And I was like, why, yeah. why am yeah. I doing this? So I think the structure is really um, something that I probably need to sit down and figure out exactly what I want it to be, mm-hmm. and then I just need to make it and do that. Yeah, Because I think trying to fit into these predetermined ways of doing it is what's really running into my thought processes that's really mm-hmm. getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Ready to move on to Seinfeld? Yeah. All right. I hope you, everybody enjoyed <clears throat> this discussion of the, the three topics. Uh, some good stuff on on uh, all three of them, but, but yeah, on, great. On, on productivity. I thought that was a really good uh, format, you know, throwing in... Uh, something planned. Something a little bit more planned yeah, that we I can agree. prepare a little bit of our thoughts on. Uh, so I'm sure we'll be doing more of that soon in the future. So, yeah, we're going to jump into our Seinfeld. We are on episode five. Five. Episode five. Five. And I'm trying to think. I just watched it a couple of days ago. It's the stock tip. Oh, yeah, the, the stock tip. George gets a stock tip about <laughs> something that they should invest in. <laughs> Oh, the ending of the episode is so great. We can wait to talk about the ending. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, so George gets a tip on a stock, and he tries to get everybody to buy in on it. And George, or, uh, J- Jerry agrees to go halves on a, on a stock. And the entire time, the stock is awful that Jerry has it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Jerry is dating this girl who he's going to go to Vermont with that everybody says is a mistake. But he ends up going anyways. Trying to uh, level jump the relationship. Level jump the relationship. Because gifts get better in that in that part of <laughs> the relationship, according according to Jerry. Um, I love though, again going back to the opening of Seinfeld, uh, the opening the opening scene where they're in the coffee shop and uh, Jerry and George are there. I forget what they're talking about, but then Superman. Elaine, Super humor. Oh, they are. <laughs> yeah, because he's using the ketchup, the red son of Krypton to the yellow. He's using the ketchup yeah. and the mustard bottles to talk about the suns. And Elaine comes in, and she's super late. And do you remember her reasoning, why she's super late? Be- because the cats? No, no, no. No, no, it's not that's the That's the lights. one before that. Actually, no, the cats her boyfriend's are, cat. are this one, but that's not why she was late. Oh, okay. But this, that is in this episode. Yeah. She's late because she dropped a grape and she couldn't find it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's like, I don't know where it was. I searched for 20 minutes. I couldn't find the grape anywhere. Underneath all of her stuff, she's talking about it. <laughs> and then in the middle of their conversations, Jerry's like, man, you better find that grape. By the time you find it, it's going to mutate in the colonies. <laughs> but has that ever happened to you? Have you ever dropped a grape and could not find it? Um, I don't know about grape, but there's been plenty of times where I've dropped something in my car and it's like, well, I guess well, that's that's, that's gone. gone. <laughs> that's Which some, is so funny somewhere it's now. Such a small space, like yeah, I should be able to find that. But I really like that opening scene. And then yeah, the opening scene was money. She does talk about the cats in that one as well because mm-hmm. she's dating a guy. 
But she's allergic to the cats. And it like foreshadows the uh, murder, like hiring the hitman. Oh yeah. The a couple seasons from now when she hires for the dog, she hires yeah, Kramer. <laughs> hires Kramer to kill the dog. But then he doesn't kill it. He takes it out to the countryside where it's gonna be just run free or whatever. Yeah. But then it makes its way. It makes its way back. <laughs> she wakes up the next night to the barking. She's like, "What the?" <laughs> yeah. And then in this episode too, she's she gives her boyfriend an ultimatum on either the cats or her, and he chooses the cat. <laughs> he chose the cats. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. I've yeah. never been into stocks. I don't really. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, I'd never. The only thing that's I'm even remotely related to stocks would be my 403b retirement plan. But yeah. I don't think that's similar. Well, it's I, it it's, is a. Mutual fund, it's a yeah. fund of stocks, but yeah, but I've never, but lo- you don't no, pay close I don't attention own, to no. it. Yeah, I think I have it in like a, I have them like set in like a when I signed up for the 403b, I just picked like one of the plans that they had. You're probably I, signed up in the age plan that that plan's terrible. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> we but, have a T row price fund that's at like 16% this year. You think I should put it in there? Not all of it. You should you, know, you should spread it out between a, like four different types yeah. of mutual funds. I we just, can talk. I, we can talk. Yeah, I've just never had the time to like go and look through like all of them. And I don't think I know enough about it to be like, oh, this looks good. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's hard to be confident without a lot of knowledge. But just kind of the the way that I try to plan it out is to pick a, a couple of funds from the options that we have through our uh, retirement company that a couple of funds that their 10-year track record, basically the funds that show the best 10-year track record Mm -hmm. from the ones that we have to choose from. Isn't there like, sorry, I'm eating a donut now (laughs) on top of my bayway. (laughs) Isn't there, the funds, aren't they broken up into like, Hey, this one might be not risky, but like a little more. Yeah, so a, a lot of the funds are broken up into large cap, mid cap, small cap, and international mm-hmm. is, I think, the different ones that we have to choose from. And so like your small cap would be your riskiest funds. It's the smallest capitalization mm-hmm. companies. So it's <clears throat> the, the companies that are like the smallest companies yeah uh, but you your, have some your companies internet. like like amazon or google you know companies like that are going to be all yeah large fairly large cap companies uh i mean they are large cap but they're they're probably even more volatile still than than some other like mm-hmm. i don't know uh ge you know yeah yeah <laughs> something that's been around for a hundred years mm-hmm. that's just this massive conglomerate that's in a bunch of different things. And you have international stock too, I'm assuming. Yeah. I think yeah, you, yeah, we I, talked I have about one this before. Of, w- one of uh, the, we have like two international funds to choose from. Neither of them are particularly great, but I've got a little bit of my 43B in there. Yeah. I should look into that. Probably making some more money. I know. Yeah. I think the closest I've gotten to like stock tips and trading is, is just dabbling around in some crypto markets. Oh yeah. Are you still about that? I feel like that went away super fast. I don't see anything about it anymore. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, basically the excitement died when, when Bitcoin dropped, uh, like to a quarter of the 20,000 that it was at. Yeah. No, I still, I still have money in two different exchanges. 
Um, Do you it's, ever it's monitor just sitting it? There. It's, no, it's just it's just sitting there in a bunch of different coins. So hopefully, if <laughs> one of those coins hits something big, then then cash out. Then I have it. But <laughs> I noticed on Cash App you can now pay in Bitcoin. Yeah, they like added true. it as a uh, currency yeah. to use. I feel like using it as a currency is pretty volatile. Like you could buy a pizza with it, and then the, three days later the pizza was worth like a small <laughs> car. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. That, that, that's how it works. The other thing I liked about this episode is it is where we get to see the second scheme of Kramer. Kramer's the the, the second <laughs> the rollout tie. The rollout tie dispenser. <laughs> Oh, I got mustard on my tie. Just you tear gotta, it off. Just tear it off. And bloop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He has all of his little uh, his sound effects that he uses for everything. Definitely. That was oh, really man, good. I got mustard on my tie. <laughs> <laughs> like an infomercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, those are the, the, and obviously the end of the episode, I thought, was just really just George's character. Yes. Just like depicts him, like his personality. So Trying good. to live lavishly at this diner, first of all. Eat, eat, get dessert, get whatever. Yeah. Because he made like 8000 yep. or something. And thinking back now, you're like, well, that's just $8,000. I mean, maybe back then it was like, man, $8,000 is yeah. a ton of money. It would have been a good 90s. chunk of change, but... And then he... Uh, <laughs> Jerry's response is, I'm full. <laughs> She's full. <laughs> he tips the waitress and then calls her back and wait, then wait, takes wait, a dollar the, back. Like You can, you can see that it's clearly a dollar. Yeah, that's a, a really good way to end it. And it just depicts George's character of like who he is, being cheap, mm-hmm. and then having everybody just wanted the attention on him for, for sticking in it. And then the yeah. way he like presents the next stock tip from whatever that guy's name was i was in the hospital yeah he like motions for them to get closer yeah like yeah not not wanting to say it all loud (laughs) but i forget what it was it was something stupid the stock it was uh oh no it was like betting on something yeah maybe the first one was a new way to televise opera oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's good so yeah that's all i got from that episode awesome well on to the soccer yeah, which is I'm excited for this one. I think it'll be good. Yeah, EPL is back. Yeah, back baby. Yeah, and we I thought we we were supposed to record this before EPL had even started back up again, but it started this weekend. Chelsea won three zero. Liverpool's at the top of the league four zero. Oh, you guys got four. Yes, yes. you must have scored one. Sturge in- scored scored in the like eighty eighth. Oh man, you guys have such a good team though. I love it. I, I mean, I don't. I love Chelsea, but you're not Man U, so I can support a little bit. <laughs> Neither of us are Manchester United fans. No, because that'd be Ugh, awful. The worst thing ever. I'd be sick, to, sick to my stomach. Along with every other American that watches EPL, yeah, that watches Man United. Yeah, EPL started back up, which is really awesome. It seems like the break, I guess, doesn't seem that long because no, they break basically May, May to August. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just nice to see everybody back from the world cup and just like Mm -hmm. have the team back together. Chelsea really didn't lose anything incredible except for their goalkeeper. Yeah. Thiabat Courtois. And then you paid even (laughs) more to, to replace him. Yeah. He looked okay. Well, I forget his name. It's like as at Pizagala or something. Yeah. Our new goalie. And he did good. But like player wise, like our our starting eleven 
we got a few new players like Jorginho, Jorginho, Jorginho. Mm-hmm. and then we have Barkley playing now a lot, mm-hmm. or it seems like he's gonna play a lot. He played almost the whole game. Came out like in the 80th. Eden Hazard didn't come on to like the 76th minute, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah, um, that he didn't start at least. <clears throat> um, Conte looked good. William looked good. Uh, who else? Didn't play? Uh, Giroud didn't play at all the whole game, unless they're just like saving him because it was yeah. against Huddersfield. Huddersfield, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited. Excited it's back. Liverpool looks so good though. Yeah, I'm excited. I think Liverpool's going to have a really good team. But I think um, rather than doing something like giving predictions for the EPL, this podcast we want to more talk about Mm -hmm. uh, the person listening. If you're not a soccer fan, like you should, now's the perfect time. You should pick a team. Yeah. Uh, Maybe just go with who's currently on top. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. You can't throw that in there. <laughs> now you pick any team you want, okay? <laughs> pick a team. And, uh, yeah, now's the perfect time to get into Premier League soccer. So, uh, yeah, do what we did and uh, just arbitrarily pick a team to yeah. start following. And uh, so we're just going to talk a little bit about that, how we chose the teams that we chose and uh, what we've liked, some players we've we've liked from them, from – how long we've been following them, and and yeah. So, how long have you been a Chelsea fan? I started following Chelsea probably like really, really following them, like actually like learning about their players and like looking at their depth charts and like all those things. Um, probably freshman year of high school, freshman or sophomore year. I started playing with Chelsea on FIFA though before yep. that. Uh, because I liked the way their jerseys looked. So, <laughs> like, when I started playing FIFA when I was younger, I didn't know – I <clears throat> even though I played soccer growing up, I really didn't fully understand, like, club soccer. Like, I just – I feel like when I would play FIFA, I'd just go to, like, international and p- pick, like, a country. Like, yep. I didn't really understand, like, Premier League and La Liga and yep. Bundesliga. I didn't I really know what any of those were. And then <clears throat> I was playing with some friends that – we're fans of some EPL clubs, and um, I started looking around in there, and I saw Chelsea, and that's that. I didn't – nothing else. Like, I've always been a Chelsea fan since that point. And then once I got into high school, <clears throat> I was more playing soccer a lot more, more competitively, um, starting to just watch more soccer to try and learn, like, what it looks like to be a good d- defender or whatever. And yeah. So I started watching Chelsea a lot more, and I think that's when I kind of started picking up, like, hey, these are some players that I've – kind of grown accustomed to that I liked a lot. If I were to take all of, like, Chelsea that I've watched over the years. So I grew up playing defense and, like, center defender. Mm-hmm. Center center defender and then, like, a defensive mid player. So I, I didn't really score a lot of goals, like, growing up. Like, I didn't push forward a lot. <clears throat> In high school, I didn't have, you know, a ton of goals. So I really liked the defensive side of soccer, like, being on the defense. Um, so when I would watch Chelsea, the majority of my time would be spent watching, like, John Terry um, and uh, Ivanovic, who played on the right uh, mm-hmm. in high school. It was it was Ashley Cole that played in the back as well. So my favorite players, if I were to think back over like all the years I've been watching, uh, I I really like John Terry, and not just because he's a good player. Um, and I I'm not gonna like look at his personal life and say like man he like cheated on his wife or whatever or cheated on. There was like an affair thing that went on with yeah. him and a player's wife or something. Yep. And Men and Blazers talks about it all the time. But um, I just – I, him as a player, he's an incredibly good defender. 
like his positioning. Um, he's a, the captain of that team for so long. Everybody respected him. Everybody knew who he was. Like he just he like ran that team really really yeah. well. And <clears throat> even even more so than I think, like uh, Peter Check did from the back. I mean, usually oh, yeah. your goalie is de- is is leading your defenders and and trying their best to like, you know speak from the back like hey this is what you do like I need you here I need you here I need you here you see all the time but even more so I think John Terry was more of that for that back line um so he was probably the defender he had his signature like slide that slide Mm -hmm. where he would go in front of shots and and he was loyal to Chelsea for a really long time until recently you know switching Aston Villa once he was kind of done with Chelsea but just from my high school days until two years ago, it's John Terry's been like a staple to yeah. the back four. Um, and then I'd say my second player behind him um, is uh, Michael Essien. I don't know if you remember Michael Essien. He played like a, uh, a center. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember Essien. Yeah. Um, a defending midfielder. Um, kind of played almost like a stopper position that's not really present anymore in the EPL because everybody plays a flat four or four in the back. But – he played a like kind of a stopper position, <clears throat> and he was just physical, won everything in the air, um, played fully in the defense. I mean, he was just an incredible player, and um, he could play off the ball a ton too. And he would make runs up through the middle, and he was a really fun player to watch. Um, so those two players are probably <clears throat> my favorite players to come out of Chelsea. And if I if I look at the whole span too of like when I've been following them, if you think back of like Chelsea when they won the EPL, which not the last time they won it. Well, I guess they won it a few times, but. I'm trying to think like when I was in college, like my first two years of college, um, they were, they had like that starting 11 that was like awesome. They had Didier Drogba as a mm-hmm. forward. They had Nicolas Anelka as a forward. They had Fernando Torres that would come off the bench. They had uh, Maluda playing on the left. They had Michael Bollock playing on the right. They had Michael mm-hmm. Essie in the middle. Ivanovic, Ashley Cole, John Terry. They had Peter Check in the back. Like they just had like a stellar squad of people that was just really, really fun to watch especially with people like Didier Drogba and Nicholas Anelka on the top. Yeah. Um, Nic- I, Nicholas Anelka, I think I like. Didier Drogba scored most of the goals, but Nicholas Anelka was an incredible forward, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I love watching Chelsea now, and I love, like, watching their players, and, like, it's my favorite team, but I think still, like, that's my favorite team when they had those 11 players that were always starting that were just incredible and good, yeah. good team to watch, fun team to watch. This is when they – lost in the Champions League to Barcelona with that goal that was like upper V from Iniesta. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that that one, but... Uh, which... <clears throat> I don't remember what year. Because <clears throat> they won Barso. the Champions League final in like 2012, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that game. And then they lost one final against Barcelona. Was that the year after? Yeah, The maybe. next year? Yeah. Man, Chelsea had some ugly jerseys on, though, on Saturday. <laughs> They had those yellow, the yellow kits with the the bl- royal blue socks. Yeah. I was like, gosh, those are so ugly. Who picks these it's things? It's pretty out? rough. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Just wear your normal, like wear your normal blue. Well, I guess Huddersfield had blue on, but yeah. yeah. Uh, similarly, uh, my love of soccer, I think, began mostly with FIFA, and uh, the team that through playing FIFA that I really began to like. Um, and it was purely stylistically, I would never say that I'm a fan of them now, is Bayern Munich. Uh, Because stylistically, in FIFA, I just wanted to run it up the wings and cross. (laughs) And 
in Bayern Munich that was the best team for a long time to be able to do that with because you had Ribery and Robin in their prime. So oh, yeah. either wing, no matter where you found yourself, <clears throat> running it up and crossing it was easy. Yeah, And he had Mario Gomez in the middle to, to score. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I decided I wanted an English team. I didn't want to – I knew going in I didn't want to pick Manchester United and I didn't want to pick uh, Chelsea or Arsenal mm. because – two of my friends were Chelsea and Arsenal fans and there was one Man City fan. And so I knew going in, all of those teams were off the table. And Man, imagine you a Chelsea fan. It'd, it'd be sad. <laughs> <laughs> and so then you start researching uh, because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to pick your fandom. Yeah. I feel like most of your fandoms are picked for you mm-hmm. based off of like your family mm-hmm. and uh and where you live those are the the thing the factors that really play into it and we don't live in england so yeah so we get <laughs> a, a chance to choose um one of my favorite bands uh through high school and now is the wombats yeah, yeah. and they're from liverpool and then the beatles are also from liverpool so that was a couple of checks in the right direction mm-hmm. and uh everton's crest uh, it's kind of terrible. So that took the only other Liverpool team out of the running. Yeah, uh, Liverpool's crest is awesome. And then when you start researching, like, the supporter yeah. culture, uh, you, the, you'll you never walk alone. Uh, now that Bruce Dortmund also sings, has sung since, the, like, the 90s. But, um, you know, it, it, it's uh, a song that was in the musical Carousel. It was cover, covered by Jerry and the Peacemakers, uh, a local Liverpool uh, band in like the sixties and, uh, yeah, ever since then it's, it's become an anthem. And I think, I think the best sound in all of sports is Anfield singing. You'll never walk alone before the start of a game, I agree, especially like a champions league game. It's just chills. Yeah. It's like 50,000 people all singing in unison. Like sounds so good. It's awesome. And, and I think, uh, you know, the supporter culture is one that, that really tries to do that. Like, even with Carius, uh, the making the mistakes to cost us the, the Champions League final last year, you know, there's constantly people r- reminding each other to, like, not take out your anger on him. Like, he's still a Liverpool player, and, you know, we never – let any any one of us walk alone you know so like like there's really a feel of like uh of that being a part of of the culture of liverpool fandom and and so that was really attractive to me and being able to choose to opt in to to that um was was good they had american owners at the time if i had done more research it might have helped it might have deterred me from being uh a fan of them because Hicks and Gillett were a terrible time for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they sold to Fenway sports That's right, group, uh, sports <laughs> ventures, uh, John Henry, they, it's been, it's been all up. It's been yeah. all aces from there. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I can't pretend to, you know, it's been, I think we're coming on nine years of being a fan mm-hmm. of Liverpool. Um, so it hasn't been, you know, more than half my life. Yeah. Uh, but it has been uh, a significant chunk of my adulthood, and uh, you know, so I've seen, I've been able to see some some of the worst lows of of Liverpool yeah. football in the late 2010s. Mm-hmm. I, I chose to be a fan, basically thrust into the worst 
yeah. part of like the history of the pool football club, which if you don't know, listener, is uh, they are arguably the most successful English soccer team of all time. They haven't won a league title in my lifetime, however. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last one they won was in in the 89-90 season, yeah. before the formation of the Premier League. Since mm-hmm. the Premier League has been formed as an entity, yeah. uh, they have not won. Uh, they've won a Champions League final and been to two others since then, um, but they haven't won the league. And yeah. so that's a big monkey on the back of Liverpool fans. And because of that massive gap of time, without have won, having won the league in the in the following 25 years uh Manchester United has won a majority of mm-hmm. of those league titles with Alex Ferguson and that has put them slightly ahead in the number of league titles but again I want to remind you it's not just about league titles no Liverpool has won 5 Champions League titles which is uh far more than any other English team so and one of only like five other teams to have done it: Barcelona, Real Madrid, mm-hmm. uh, Bayern Munich, Liverpool, and Ajax. I think. Yeah. Maybe not Bayern Munich. Maybe. Uh, no. Maybe Milan. Yeah, maybe. I we researched this recently. Yeah. I remember. I don't think it's Bayern Munich though. So maybe think, it's Ajax. Yeah, I think. Well, Ajax, I for, for sure is on there. Yeah. I I think too for Liverpool, like looking at them now. I don't know. They're, like, set up for success, too. I, I feel like this is the first time yeah. since I've been a fan of theirs where I feel like we we don't have just a hopeful team. I feel like last year was, man, this team could be really good, and it, and it turned out we were right. But now, now we have a team that is legitimately a contender. Like Yeah, and a coach that has the ability to definitely. take his players there. And you can just tell the trust they have with, like, their coach and players and – the team dynamic they have is really just cool to see. Yeah, I'd say since I've been a fan, Klopp is my most favorite <laughs> Liverpool player. Um, and his celebrations. And his celebrations. <laughs> um, no, I think, um, I mean, Steven Gerrard is the yeah. only, I've got Steven Gerrard and Fernando Torres jersey. And that was I like the l- best years of Torres. Yeah, the best years of Torres were, were in at Liverpool before he started having knee injuries. And... El Nino and uh, Gerard, just his ability to take control of a game and be the deciding outcome mm-hmm. um, w- is just incredible. Uh, same with Suarez. Uh, I miss Suarez a lot. But uh, Bobby Chompers, Firmino, Mane, like there's a lot to like oh, right yeah. now. So I feel like we are really in a, a great time to be a Liverpool fan. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah. yeah. So that's just kind of our, our thoughts on our favorite teams, how mm-hmm. we got there. And as you can see, like, we just kind of chose. So, again, we encourage you, like, just choose a team and start watching that team. That's what's what's important. And it's easier now than ever to, to oh, yeah. start watching and a team. That All the games are televised. All of them. So, you might have to wake up early. Yeah, you might have to wake up early. But, but it's actually accessible. Where before, yeah. like, in college, I would have to Google – Watch Liverpool <laughs> versus Arsenal yeah. free, and, and then see whatever weird comes up. Website yeah. that, yeah, I remember those days. <clears throat> yeah, it's nice now. You can watch it all on NBC Sports, and yep, yeah, and and remembering too, like as you pick a team and start watching, give it like a season. Yep. Don't don't compare it to American football or baseball or anything American. 
There's so much more to offer. Soccer has so much more to offer than just the face value of what you see in watching a game. And, and so much more than just the end score line. Yeah, like so many more things you can judge. Like looking at a game, yeah, like the end score is not just that's the finite and that's it. But like mm-hmm. the better team can lose in a soccer game because there's other things at play than right. just skill. Yeah, there's um, a lot of a lot of strategy, a lot yeah. of uh, individual brilliance. Yeah. So do your research, pick a team that, I don't know, just don't pick it based off, like you said, titles and wins. Yeah. Because there's a lot of good teams in EPL. Yep. Full of them. You know? Yeah. And if you want to get in on a team that's probably on a downswing, uh, may I suggest Manchester United? (laughs) For for real. (laughs) On a downswing. Awful. (laughs) Uh, They won. They won against Leicester, but this is year three of Mourinho. Uh, He's about to Traditionally, (laughs) Mourinho lights fire to the team (laughs) on his way out of town. He does. Third year. Yeah. So, yeah, pick a team, follow along. We'll talk about it every single week recaps and whatever else but yep it'll be good awesome well that's all we got for today uh thank you for listening do you have anything you wanted to add because i've got one more thing no the next time we meet oh, yeah. in, within the next within 24 hours of yeah. the podcast being live you will be a, a dad of three of three a new yes. newly third minted child yeah so it's gonna be fun yeah, we look forward to I'll hearing. Make sure to let uh, you know of all my endeavors. Hearing the all week. the stories. <laughs> 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 all right, sweet. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.